0: of the warmth that is the Sam Roberts Band. Sam, good friend of the show. Long-awaited return home. Montreal is the drug. They played three songs for us that night at uh, Corona. But they're back. It's a sold-out Corona. You you know, try going through the back entrance or something. It's sold out if you want to see the Sam Roberts Band tonight in support of their uh, new album, The Adventures of Ben Blank be great to be in the corona tonight or whatever they call it uh it is tonight welcome back Stephen brunt standing by with joey elias and lucas scott andy bennett and john still will be back on monday mitch melnick until six pierre mcguire in about 20 minutes or so good afternoon and welcome back Stephen brunt
1: yeah good afternoon from uh the uh, the center of the universe here downtown toronto the festivities of the National Hockey League All-Star Game, with which I have absolutely zero connection.
0: Yeah, me too. I'm not going to ask you about it, but I will ask you about the fact. In fact, let Joey. Joey was just reading me something off the air, and I kind of chuckled. It's a serious matter. Uh, Gary Bettman, um, which which is good news. I mean, the Olympics will be returning 26 and 30, and there's a four-team gimmick international tournament coming up that he announced. But he was asked a specific question by a specific reporter. Joey? You want to pass this along to Stephen? Yeah, it was, um, I don't have it up in front of me, but when asked about the 2018 World Junior stuff. uh, It was Robin Doolittle. Right. Thank you. (laughs) He said, uh, listen, is this a personal conversation? Maybe we should take this and uh, open it up to the
1: public. He
0: basically just pushed her away and said, we're not talking about this.
1: Yeah. Um, Number one, Robin Doolittle is a great reporter. So, like, let's, I'll just, let's put this, I'd like to put that on the table first. She was, she's at the Globe now. She was at the Star for years. She's done groundbreaking work in terms of sexual assault and how the police handle it and the courts handle it or don't handle it over the, over the, uh, the past couple of decades. So, she's kind of the gold standard in reporting on that subject. And it's, um, you know, it, like, look, I don't think they announced the Olympic stuff today because of that. Just, you know, I like I read, it's funny, I read a, somebody on social media was last week, when did they, the, the Salt Lake City thing come up about the expansion team and somebody said, wow, look, they're trying to deflect from this. I, like, I don't think they cooked up Salt Lake City because cause, that's not much of a deflection. But in a week, you know, this thing is a corporate schmooze for them. It's, uh you know Gary Batman one of the best of times does not doesn't want to deal with uncomfortable subjects it's a very uncomfortable subject for him obviously um, but the fact that he would try to carry it you know not not particularly artfully rather than deal with it in some form like I'm, look I'm sure somebody in his PR staff wrote an answer for him before he went up there um, but that's you know like that has been his way ever since he's been commissioner which is a million years now and this is one where there is no winning answer for Gary Bettman, so he's not going to give one.
0: Yeah, a million years. Uh, a slight exaggeration, but longer than anybody in North America. Longer than Campbell. Longer than uh, David Stern. Longer than Silver. I, like, I,
1: I, do, I, I do always like to point out, you know, who, who hired Gary Bettman, commissioner of the National Hockey League? There we go. A little trivia matter.
0: Um, Bruce, Bruce McNall. Oh, Bruce <laughs> McNall, who ended up in jail.
1: He was the chairman of the Board of Governors. He's the guy that hired him. Okay.
0: <laughs> uh, I should point out, let me take this opportunity to point out, as dismissive as the commissioner was of Robin Doolittle, uh, Monday, of course, is the big day. London police will hold a news conference, information gathering, and uh, we will carry proceedings live via TSN radio at uh, 145 with the heavy hitters on site, including Rick Westhead, James Duthie, and uh, a whole lot of people. That's Monday at 145. We're carrying it live. So you are back from where exactly were you?
1: I was on uh, Little Cayman Island, which is a little tiny speck of uh, rock in the Caribbean, where my wife and I, and sometimes my kids, have been going for the last uh, 15 years or so. For it's it is a, it's a mile, a 10 miles long a mile wide, and there are 180 people. it. Wow! And you were fishing? I, yeah, I do a bit of fishing and uh a bit of just wandering. It's it's sort of like um, you know you know my affection for rural Newfoundland. It's sort of like transporting rural Newfoundland to somewhere that's much warmer. So it's it's very much that vibe. There's not a hell of a lot going on.
0: Stephen turning um, a Cayman Island into Newfoundland. Way to go! Yeah. So, they must pay you a lot as an ambassador for Newfoundland.
1: Uh, not nearly enough. <laughs> uh, I just want a, I just want a resident salmon license. That's all I want. They won't give me. To them.
0: <laughs> so uh, okay. So f- again, forget about the skills competition and the all star game and all of that. The fact is, the entire hockey world is where you're standing, pretty much. Yes. Have you reconnected with anybody that you? Fond um,
1: uh, Mark Missy just walked by me and wearing a toque and talking to somebody on a phone and he's just walking away. Um, and then Ken Reed, my buddy Ken Reed's here. He's a good man. And yeah. uh, But I'm going to a, a, an event hosted by somebody you know very well. Um, uh, Terry Ryan. And not just Terry Ryan Jr., but Terry Ryan Sr. Oh, the two so, of them? Yeah, the full Terry Ryan experiences. I've, I've not... They're they're in a bar. I know that's shocking. <laughs> um and I'm not totally sure what the, what the theme of this is, but you know, Terry Terry's on a bit of a role, right? He just had his big comeback with the uh, one night comeback with the growlers after, what did he say? Like seven pints, eight shots and a bag of mushrooms. I think that was,
0: <laughs> Oh, he left out the mushrooms part when he talked to us.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I think, I believe the mushrooms are part of it as well. Um, so he's having a moment and God love him. As you yeah. know, like Terry deserves a good moment. So I'm, I'm real happy for him. And, uh, I'm gonna hang with him as long as it's safe,
0: okay, so are they doing a podcast? Is
1: that what it is? yeah, I think he's I think he's down here doing Steve dangle stuff okay um so he and but yes, and hosting so i, I believe that's that's the that's the deal
0: well, if I was in Toronto uh that's where I'd be certainly especially uh, yeah. with you showing up so uh as you know um. The Canadians traded Sean Monaghan earlier today to Winnipeg for a first-round pick. Yeah. Vancouver got Elias Lindholm. You got the Oilers on perhaps when play resumes. they If they can beat Vegas, no easy task, but if they beat Vegas, they tie the NHL record set by the 93 Penguins for most consecutive wins in a season. And, of course, the city where you are, where we're all waiting to see what they do. Uh, man, Brad Tree Living, not looking good right now, Stephen. No. He, he sent Monaghan to the Canadians and gave Kent choose a first-round pick. And now Hughes has got a first-round pick from Winnipeg. But anyway, you have very competitive teams in most of the Canadian markets right now. Do you have any hope that this could be the year that the long drought is broken?
1: Well, I don't look. I don't think the guys here are going to do anything. I don't think they're built for it, and and I don't know that Tree Living can do much at the deadline because their facts are against the wall cap-wise. Right? they're there. They're, there's not really a lot of wiggle room, and and I, I think there's you know they're a little undecided as to whether. They're on the verge, or they're not on the verge. Um, so I, that I, that ain't gonna happen. But those three teams in the West, I kind of wish they weren't all in the West, right? Because <laughs> yeah, you got Colorado there, you got Dallas there, you got maybe Vegas there. So you know, and at some point they will probably end up playing each other. But like all of those teams are kind of fun. I think all three of them are really sound, right? Fundamentally sound. Like the Oilers, you know, we'll see about how their goaltending hangs holds up. As we get down into the spring, but the other two teams have goaltending, um, and you know obviously the Oilers have an unbelievable amount of offensive talent and are playing just a really good team game right now, and they got the best player in the world. So, yeah, like, like it feels closer now. Well, again, when, maybe since then, since the year the Vancouver went to the finals and lost to Boston, like like I know the Azs win in twenty in the weird season. Right,
0: but they but had no chance. There's no, nobody believed they were going to beat Tampa.
1: No, so. This yeah, this is so. What was that? It Was 2011? Um,
0: Vancouver Boston was
1: 2011. Yeah, yeah. It feels closer now than it has at any time since 2011, because just because of the way those teams are constructed. I say it's a shame that you couldn't have thrown one on the other side, because you know, like like look, the Boston's really good this year, but Florida's good. There's, there's some teams that you know that or could be a good playoff team, but I think any of those three teams could win the East. I'm not sure, you know, whether are they are they gonna beat Colorado in a best of seven in a conference final? I don't know.
0: When we had the All Star game here during the centennial year, I mean it was a year long celebration of and and of all the teams in the NHL uh there was a year long uh parade that you could, you know, every week there was something, oh man, I wanna see this moment, you know, culminating um, in, the, in the incredible moment when Eddie Polchuk threw all those pucks out there for the pregame and all of the great names started to come out from underneath the tunnel. It's just spine-tingling to see that. So with the All-Star Game in Toronto, they're, they're, they are paying tribute to the 67 Maple Leafs. I mean, how, how does that team resonate in this city all these years later? Like, what, what is the extent of, of uh, ah. gratitude or respect or ho-humness to that franchise that team specifically
1: well you know you got to play your hits i guess right but um like i, I guess the, to put it in perspective um and again you and i are similar vintage but like i was 8 years old when that happened and so you're you know you're in terms of people who actually remember it you're playing you know to a, a diminishing audience um nature's taking care of that like there's, there's not that many people who remember um and they see you know in with most franchises, they would have been supplanted at some point by a team that came along 10 years later, 15 years later, 20 years later, and won the Stanley Cup. And you could have a memory of, you know, you could have kind of an organizational memory of what the teams of the 60s were like, because the Leafs did have several Stanley Cup champions in the 60s. But then you would move on. But there's been no moving on because you can't move on. You know, there's there's nothing to move on to. So they. You know like it's it there they were a great story in nineteen sixty seven They were old, and you know they weren't supposed to win, and they certainly weren't supposed to beat the Habs in that final, and they did and um a lot of guys have dined off it for their entire lives you know um again there there are fewer and fewer of them left every year, but those guys you know like i if I walked the two blocks over to the arena. I would, uh, you know, the statues and the banners are all there. Right. It, uh, they they, they live forever. You know, David Keon was estranged from the team and the organization for decades, but is now kind of back in the fold. You know, he's a bigger star now than he was in 1967.
0: It's like watching an original episode of The Twilight Zone almost. You know, what you're doing. Okay, I want to wrap this up. I mentioned it briefly early in the week. Uh, as a kid who was very excited about having a, an expansion baseball team, I devoured everything, including an original Expo's uh, expansion draft uh, yearbook, which included the name, uh, I thought it was Jamie Williams because he, it was 1M. And later, of course, he emerged as this like frantic third-base coach for Bobby Cox, and he managed the Blue Jays. Jimmy Williams passed away this week. Uh, other than being that, that face uh, in Atlanta and Toronto dugouts over the years, y- you did get to know him pretty well. What was he like?
1: yeah I wrote about you know, and it's funny you talk about him being a prospect and because he was a legit, legit prospect, and you know his career effectively ended. He scrunched up a paper cup and threw it into a into a garbage can and did something to his elbow wow and that that was the end of his you know he kept playing he played on, but he was a, you know i talked to him, but he said he was never the same
0: he was an infielder
1: um, yep he was an infielder uh, you know i don't i think a you know all glove no hit kind of infielder but he probably would have played in the major leagues. And I remember you know, they sent me down to do a magazine story about him the year the off season he took over from Bobby Cox because Cox was the guy and they brought him in and he got him to the playoffs in eighty five and they you know, could have won the World Series that year. They you know, that was they, they were they should have probably beaten Kansas City in the ALC in the American League Championship series. And he was the third base coach on the team. Cox went to Atlanta, left in the off season. They didn't think he was gonna go. Um, that was not the plan. And so they looked around and said, look, we've got a playoff team here. We've got to, you know, it's just starting to get good, really. Let's not change things too much. Let's go with what we know and we'll promote the third base coach. And so that's how he became a manager. It, it, you know, you know this from sports. It's like the idea the, the, the third base coach or a coach in baseball or an assistant coach in football or in hockey have a different relationship with players that they can have than a head coach or a manager. Um, they can be more buddy buddy, you know. They can be kind of the intermediary. They can, you know, they're not the they're not the guy who tells you you've been cut or that you're going to be benched. And he never made that transition, you know. And the, you know, famously got into it with George Bell right after he won the American League Most Valuable Player, and the organization said, you know, he's a terrible left fielder. We're going to turn him into a DH. And Jimmy was the guy who had to deliver the news, and it you know didn't go well. And um, you know George Bell won, you know, in the end, and they fired Jimmy. So, you know, he had successful, semi-successful managerial stints after that in Boston and in Houston. He was a coach in Atlanta, as you said, with Cox. Um, you know, a baseball lifer. But there was a kind of – I'll never forget kind of the first time I talked to him. Just what there was this kind of seething – like, resentment's the wrong word. But he, you know, he felt kind of like he had something to prove. And he was wound really tight. Yeah. Like, as much as almost anybody I've ever met in the game. And I'm not sure – in a game where you play 162 a year, I'm not sure that's the best quality to have.
0: Uh, Stephen Brown, about to unwind with Terry Ryan, senior and junior, on a Friday afternoon at a bar in downtown Toronto. You're living a good life. Please send Terry my best.
1: I, I will. I will pass along your greetings to both senior and junior, and uh, wish me luck.
0: <laughs> Talk to you next Thursday, hopefully at 4:10.
1: For sure. Bye bye.
0: Normally every Thursday at 4:10 by Champlain Taxi. Please stay local. 271 1111. By the way, they got these apps now. They got these apps. Uh, you know what to do. It's uh, it's very very simple. And if you got a complaint about anything, guess who's going to hear about the complaint? Somebody who actually runs the company, George and Peter themselves. 271 1111. Melnik in the afternoon on TSN 690 brought to you by IK Secure keeping small and medium businesses safe from cyber threats for 30 years aikisecure.com